Number two of the street to the front seat. Today, I'm joined by Jared Sergi, captain of the Norfolk Fire Department for 18 years. He's been an officer for 10 years. Uh, today, we're going to discuss attitudes driving reputation of the company and the firehouse. Captain, take it away. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, hope everybody listens. Doing good. Uh, like Mike said, I wanted to take some time to talk about like you mentioned, the officer driving the reputation of the firehouse. More importantly, the, the officer driving the reputation, um, even in even when maybe faced with something in your department that would otherwise tear down at your morale, your motivation, your level of engagement, and things like that. Because that, that can happen to any one of us where things that are going on in our organization will frustrate us, demotivate us. But what is the officer's responsibility when they come to work to try to make sure, um, you know, that they make a better, the world a better place for those two, five, 10 people, however it might be in the, in the firehouse. And I obviously am a firm believer that the company officer drives the ship. And I think in my organization, we have lieutenants and captains. So depending on which firehouse you work in, you can have more than one officer. And certainly, and I've been in a position where I've been a lieutenant under a captain, and largely we got along pretty well. We, we thought from the same brain on a lot of things, but ultimately, he was the captain, and, and he was in charge of that house. So this message is really to those of you, I guess it's to everybody, but it's really putting the, the captain of the firehouse or the lieutenant of the firehouse, who's ever in solely responsible for the morale, the professional development, and the welfare of those firefighters, that's the person that I really want to talk to. So I've been I've had the opportunity to work in the busiest firehouses in the city, uh, some even some of the busiest firehouses in the country where I work, and I've also worked in the slowest. And what I could tell you is it all goes back to that you know people will feed off the level of engagement and enthusiasm of their leader. They just simply will. I'll tell you a story. I had a, a rookie firefighter. I actually kind of felt bad when they said it to me. They asked me a question and they said, hey, look, when you leave here, when you leave this firehouse, who's coming in behind you? And I said, well, I don't really know. And there's a lot of moving parts with all that, but you're going to ultimately end up with somebody. I can't tell you who that is. And this new firefighter said to me, he only had a few months on the street, said, well, I really hope I get somebody that is going to continue to focus on our development because a lot of us worry about that. Really, I just kind of felt bad for that person. I gave gave him my best advice, but I felt bad. You know, I was never in that position as a new firefighter. I never had to feel that way. And my first thought was, you know, how terrible would that be to feel that way as a new firefighter? So where I'm going with this is, been in the slowest station in the city, right? I remember going to that firehouse, and I can remember people telling me that you're going to hate it there. Those people are going to suck. There's nothing but attitude problems, performance problems. They're not going to buy into anything you have to say. Like, good luck over there. Hope you, ride, hope you ride it out well. And I was a little bummed, right? I was, in fact, if I'm being totally honest with you, I was a little bit of a crybaby when I got that assignment. I didn't want to go. I was pouting about it. I was, you know, talking to other people that I had relationships with in the department to try to even get out of that assignment. But I could run, but I couldn't hide from it. That's where I was going. So I had to own it. I showed up at that firehouse that first day with a positive attitude with the mindset that this is my firehouse. I put, it was station 12 in fact. I put a 12 on my helmet and I said, we are station 12. We will be station 12. And 
there was some growing pains like there would be with any any station, right? And any new crew and all that. But ultimately, I was able to drive the level of engagement and enthusiasm and morale of that firehouse through the roof. We had a freaking ball there. And were we the busiest? No, we weren't the busiest. In fact, we were the slowest. But we came to work and we stayed ready. We were able to focus on training. We were able to focus on preparation. We were able to, I was able to engage everybody to get their minds right every single day when they came to work. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not some, some magical leader. I didn't develop all these leadership principles that have been around for years and years and years. All I simply did was come to work and I applied them. And I understood that the captain drove the ship, that people will feed off the mindset and the personality of the officer in the station. And you have that obligation. Again, fast forward a few years, I spent several years in the busiest stations in the city. And it was no different there. So, and don't think because those are busy stations that people can't fall into a lull or be demotivated or any of those kinds of things. It can absolutely happen. And so when I hear people say, well, I just can't do that because I have a bad crew or I I can't do that because I have performance problems or I can't do that because, well, I just don't have the call volume in my station and that just helps. It does to a point, right? But ultimately, ultimately, you have the responsibility to drive those people and engage them and motivate them. You know, listen to a podcast that you did not too long ago, you know, Mark Davidson said, officers deal with problems in real time. They're right there in front of you and you have the obligation to, to tackle them, to deal with them. That's where it starts. You know, people ask me all the time about morale. I'll talk about morale for a second. I get questions all the time about morale. How do I fix it? What's going on with morale? It's, that's a really hard thing for me to answer because I do believe that ultimately everybody contributes to the morale of the organization when they come to work. They make a decision every single day that they come to work how they're going to behave, how they're going to perform, how they're going to treat people, how they're going to react to certain situations. You know, are they going to come and keep a cool level head or is everything just a catastrophe? They make that choice when they come to work. I also firmly believe that unit cohesion is the ultimate killer of low morale, right? You can come to work and you will just not convince me. You just simply won't. And I'll tell you a story as to why. You will not convince me that the company officer is unable to skyrocket morale in the firehouse, even when conditions outside those four walls might say not possible, right? Now, does it marginalize the issues that are in your fire departments? No, those are real problems and they need real solutions, of course. You know, pay issues, retention problems, recruitment problems, mandatory overtime, poor leadership, all of those things are real problems and they need solutions, of course, right? But unit cohesion is the ultimate killer of low morale. If you come to work and focus on unit cohesion, I don't care if you're in the busiest, I don't care if you're in the slowest, you will drive the personality and the reputation of that firehouse in, a, in the right way to the point where people outside of it are going to ask themselves, what the hell is going on over there? They're going to see the change. They're going to see the positivity. Some people will be drawn to it. Some people will write letters to go to your firehouse. They're going to want to work for you. They're going to want to be part of that crew. It will absolutely happen if you understand that unit cohesion is the ultimate killer of low morale. There's um there's two things I'll I'll talk about and we can we can go back and forth a little bit. 
Sure. So when we look at cohesion, and it's funny because I opened a book that I've, I actually just finished reading. And when I go around and I teach it about company officer leadership, I talk about cohesion and the role that it plays. And, and there's two types. There's social cohesion and there's task cohesion, right? And task cohesion is simply making sure that people come to work. They're trained the right way to perform, to support the mission of your fire department. You know, and that's, that's simply what task cohesion is. And there's, then there's the social cohesion, the, the softer stuff, right? Being able to come to work and, and form relationships and be able to talk to people the right way and be able to navigate personnel problems and drop your shoulders a little bit and simply have fun. Uh, those little things are important. And I was reading this book and, um, oh, yeah, I was reading this book and it's called On the Psychology of Military Incompetence. It's a very good book. And in the beginning of it, there's all kinds of examples of generals and admirals and more so the British military, um, driven by a British guy. And he talks about leadership failures. Then it gets into the last part of the book, kind of dissects some of the reasons why people perform the way they did and all that kind of stuff. So as I'm reading, I, I come across this task cohesion and social cohesion stuff in a way. So... There's two parts I'm going to read to you. It says, there's nothing mysterious, romantic, or necessarily laudable about leadership. Indeed, some of the most effective leaders have been those who merely through having more than their fair share of psychopathic traits were able to release antisocial behavior in others. Their secret is that by setting an example, they release a way of acting that is normally inhibited. This gives pleasure to their followers, thus reinforcing their leadership. That just kind of underscores what I was talking about before. People that might be demotivated, you know, the the antisocial, the not very engaged. You have a way to engage those people, and the best way to do it is purely leading by example by showing them your the value and setting your own personal example. So, read read more to the book. It says again that task cohesion, that social cohesion. As ta- they talk about a task specialist and a social specialist as a leader, you got to be good at both, right? So it says, as a task specialist, a leader's prime concern is to achieve the group's Austin and goal, in the case of military, defeating the enemy. Of course, for us in the fire department, it would be, you know, fulfilling our fire department mission. For such a role, being likable is rather less important, is rather a less important trait than that of being more active, more intelligent, and better informed than his followers. In his capacity as a social specialist, however, a leader's main function is to preserve good personal relationships with the group. There so by maintaining morale as to keep the group in being. So I read that and I thought it was really interesting. And I'm gonna I'll finish with this last story and then we can <clears throat> we can talk about some stuff. Just to re- reinforce my point that why you will just not convince me that you cannot drive or skyrocket morale or drive the reputation of a firehouse right where you sit today, regardless of the people that are in there. You got to take ownership of your crew, and you can't pick them right. Uh, and listen to Bobby Eckert. Some. You get who you get, right? You're not always going to be able to stack your deck, maybe to an extent, but you get who you get. You got to work with people right where they sit. So before I reported to one of my more recent stations, this station, it's the busiest in the city. It has great fire duty. It has good EMS. It's just a good place to be a firefighter, especially a new firefighter. It's just a really good firehouse. Uh, typically draws tight-knit crews. It's where you would want to be as a firefighter, right? at least I guess if you're a firefighter like me and you, like the guys who were into the job and get, it draws those types, right? Mm-hmm. So prior to me going, they had some morale problems. They had issues. There was issues with leadership. 
normal stuff that happens in every fire department. But it got to the point where several people in that firehouse wanted out. They were wanted, They were about to drop transfer letters. They weren't happy with what was going on there. The battalion chief that was there at the time and still there now reached out to me and said, hey, would you be willing to come over and work for me and come to this station? We have some issues, I guess. Nothing that can't be worked through, but you know, maybe just a change of scenery is what the crew needs. And I said, no problem. So I went and I worked for him, which was easy to do because he was my captain for several years before. So I, I jumped at the opportunity to go work for him again. He's a great mentor of mine. He's an awesome guy. So I went along with another new lieutenant that showed up there the same day that I did. All right. Three weeks prior, six months prior, there was all kinds of issues in that firehouse. Morale, everything from just the way maybe people were treated to the way situations were handled. Uh, you know, there was issues, okay? I'm there maybe a week along with this new lieutenant. We didn't change the apparatus. We didn't adjust the call volume. We didn't transfer new people in and out of that crew. It was the same personalities. It was the same everything. But the chief came to me a week later, and I can remember him saying, I don't know what you guys are doing, but the morale here is like, it, this place is a different station, and it's almost like it happened overnight. Again, that's not to blow smoke up my own ass. That's not to, to blow smoke up the other lieutenant's ass. What that just simply proves is that you have the ability to go in there and drive the reputation of the firehouse. People are going to feed off your example. They're going to feed off your motivation. They're going to feed off your passion. They're going to feed off your enthusiasm. And don't think that I'm standing here saying this like I'm a perfect officer. Trust me, I've made my mistakes. I've made plenty of them. I've screwed up plenty of times along the way. So I'm constantly learning, but all we did was go in there and empowered that crew. We laid down some expectations. We tried to do our best to lead by example, and morale was through the roof. There was, now there's been some changes in that station. There's another dip, you know, as, as happens in a firehouse, you know, morale kind of ebbs and flows at times, but now it's in a bit of a lull and it'll skyrocket again with the right person in there. But it just reinforces that point that you have the ability to come in and make that world a better place. That should be your goal. That regardless of what's going on around you, you have a crew and you have people you're responsible for and you can make the world a better place for those two, five or 10 people, whatever it happens to be. Sure. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, while you're talking, I pulled up, I have your book right here. We talked mm -hmm. about, should do that. Um, yep. No Nonsense Leadership. And what I like about it is at the very beginning, two pages in, right after you acknowledge your family, it says, a leader is a person who is not only, has not only the ability, but the willingness to achieve exceptional results through people. By, and that quotes from Major Dick Winters, and that sets the mm -hmm. tone for your book. The reason why I like that is because to me, um, for this situation specifically, and you know as well as I do how important adaptability is, right? Oh, yeah. But um, with that, and you are a veteran and you're in the military and, and you understand that, uh, you know, plans are typically just a list of things that are going to go wrong. Realistically, <laughs> yes, that's just the way yeah. it is, right? 100%, so yes. That's not just the fire ground. That's everything. That's people. Mm -hmm. That's everything. And I, and, I, and I think, and this is what I wanted to bring up with you specifically for this specific episode, is... Um, Charismatic leadership, and that refers to le a leadership style where the leadership possesses exceptional charm, appeal, persuasive qualities that inspire and motivate others. It is characterized by the leader's ability to attract and influence followers through their personal qualities and charisma. 
Um, with that, you have to have a few, I think, uh, very specific uh, qualities. We'll just call them qualities. Um, your personality has to be charismatic. You have to have good vision and be inspirational. Um, you have to have that emotional connection. You have to, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, you have to have the confidence to be able to take risks, go out of your comfort zone, dominate. You have to, right? It's all important. And then your personal influence. Um, so specifically with your personal influence, you know, a charismatic uh, officer or leader, um, you often have significant uh, personal influence over people that you lead. Um, people are drawn to you and uh, they're going to willingly follow your guidance and trust your decisions and actions. And a lot of that is from you um, leading by example. You, you know what I mean? That whole common, yeah. that whole common thing of uh, first one in, last one out kind of stuff. Like that's a mantra that people put on t-shirts and all that, but it's kind of true. You look at that, any it good is. leader, you look at any, anything in history, in history, history, excuse me. <laughs> and, um, my, my favorite example is, um, how more when they had the battle of the, I don't know how to say this right. Audrain Valley or however you say, it. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know so, how to say it either. Yeah, so he says in his speech he's going to be the first one to step off the helicopter and he's the last one to get back on it. They mm -hmm. actually depicted that really, really good in the movie, and they have a yep. book about that entire conflict, and it's actually part of his – one of his books, uh, his leadership book, and that's the, what they show you. you know. But when you do those things through your actions, that's where people follow you. Um, so I think when you have the emotional, the emotional connections and you're a charismatic officer, you're going to connect with your guys and girls on an emotional level um, that should stoke, should stoke um, enthusiasm, passion, and create a sense of belonging and loyalty amongst uh, um, loyalty from your followers. Um, and then you're also going to show that you're able to um, follow them uh, and you're, you're not follow them. Well, you're going to follow them, but um, you're going to be loyal to them. Excuse me. Um, when you had, you know, when you embody vision and inspiration, um, you're going to be able to articulate a uh, compelling vision and you're going to inspire others to have the same vision. Um, you can paint a vivid picture of the future and motivate your guys to work towards achieving it. Um, you know, I think while being a charismatic officer can be effective and inspiring and mobilizes your people, it's also important. Um, that it may have both positive and negative effects. So you should be mindful of maintaining, uh, you have to be ethical. You have to do things that are morally correct. Um, you want to, you don't want to rely on being a people person or like having that charismatic charm. Mm -hmm. You don't want to rely on that only, right? And you right. want to be able to, um, and when you can, share the decision-making with, with the people uh, on your crew. So, right. I'm a, it, that was a little long-winded. No, um, it's okay. That, and that's but, a good point that you make about you got you got to temper it. Like ultimately, you have to be genuine, right? You sure. And you got to genuinely care. And people are going to see that when you are, and they're going to see it when you're not. And when yep. you're not, they ultimately won't trust you. But I think you make a good point about you know it's important to be charismatic. It's important to be genuine. It's important <laughs> to have empathy. But it's got to be tempered. And what I mean by that is you don't want to do it to a point where the crew will ultimately take advantage of you because that can happen too. Um, because, you know, when in command, you got to command. And at times that means you show empathy and you show compassion and you listen and you engage. 
And sometimes, and it sounds super abrasive when I say it, but I had a chief say it to me and it made sense. He told me, Jared, sometimes you got to go in and you got to piss in the corner. And there's, there's sometimes where you got to just like, he meant like marking your territory. And uh, there's something you, like, you just got to go in. You have to, yeah, you just go in and put You're your foot dominate, down. But you, 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 have to, you have to establish your dominance. You got to draw a line in the sand. Yeah. Like this is a non-negotiable here. This Correct. is something that's not going to take place. Um, and when he said that to me, I'm like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? And he went, he went on to explain it. It made a lot of sense. Um, but it all goes back to being genuine. And ultimately, you know, when we talk about vision and passion, don't think anything grand. You know, you're not in, you don't have to think grand from the company. Like if you do, that's great. But when I think about vision in a firehouse, all I'm talking about, or all I'm thinking about is giving people a tomorrow, making sure your people have a tomorrow. Like, yeah, you can come in and you can manage your day and you can work on training for the day. But what about tomorrow? What about next week? Where do you want this person to be in two months from now or six months from now or a year from now or whatever big that picture. case might be? The big picture. Give them a tomorrow, something to reach for and demonstrate the value in that with your with your example. You know, like the mo- motivating people, um, like I walk a line there. I don't I honestly don't know if I have a good way to motivate people. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't eloquently explain to you. I, I would suck. If you asked me how do you motivate people, I would give you a terrible answer because I just don't know. Like I've had people that were not motivated. I've had people that were motivated. And I find as I move throughout my career, the best way I can get frustrated, I could say, you need to take this class. You should go here. You should go to this conference. You need to do this. And like, yeah, when I'm here, I'm just here. And that's just the way some people are. I guess I've just settled on the fact that the best way I could try to motivate people is just to do so with my own personal example where they look and they see Jared or Mike and they say, you know what? I see them doing this and I see how focused they are. I see how it benefits them. I see the value in it. I see how they're able to take that into the firehouse and engage the crew and, mo- and inspire others. You know, That's the best way that I can think about motivating people is just to show them my own personal example. I haven't figured out a better way. It's consistency over time, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can't come in. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of shift shift work you have, but we run eight shifts a month. You can't come in three shifts one way and then, you know, the others act a different way or the next three you act a different way. Then that, it doesn't work that way. No. Right? You have to be no. consistent every time. And if you want something to change, what I've learned, and, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to to say this correctly but follow me. Um, if I want something done a certain way, I'm very direct and blunt about it. I'm polite. Yeah. I'll be very polite with people um, until I need to be very uh, blunt. Or I'll be, yeah, I'll be very, very, you know, straightforward. And I'll give you, ex- this is exactly what I want. I'm not going to micromanage right. you. Here's my goal. Go do it. But what I've learned is when you want to affect change as a culture, like, The best example I have is um, running pants on automatic alarms. That way you're not fumbling. To me, I mean, I don't know how often you've done this and it seems to happen all the time, but the hardest part about getting dressed um, when you're, it's it's like unpredictable, like it randomly pops up is getting your pants on, throwing your coat on, your pack on, all that isn't too bad. I don't know about you, but like when you come across something, you got to get dressed in a hurry. I... I mean, it's like trying to put on wet rubber gloves. <laughs> right. Like, yes. Soup sandwich pile of shit. I can't get it done quickly. Yeah. And I'm like fumbling over stuff that I do. 
I normally don't have a problem with. But anyway, what I'm getting at is um, pants for uh, things that could be something. Any automatic fire alarm. I mean, obviously, any any anything that's more than a, a, a single local, right? Anything more than a local, you're going to put your gear on, right? But right. Um, I never ran around and said, put your pants on for everything. Mm-hmm. We talked about right. it. I said, this is what we should do. And that was the only time I said it. And I put my pants on every single call. And over time, we all have our pants on. So the point that I'm making is, you know, you, as you said, you can't eloquently explain that, but it is something that is palpable. You can see right. it. You, you, I think it's just like when people follow you and respect you. I mean, I'm sure your department and your guys might be the same way. My guys, they're never going to tell you, you're such a great officer. No, that's not how that works. Sure. You see it in the actions. Most likely they're going to absolutely crush you like you're one of the guys and bust your balls. But what I'm saying is um, the respect and the followership is palpable. When people are following you and they follow you because they respect you, trust you, and most of all want to follow you, that's not something you can take a picture of or put your thumb on. But you can feel it. You can can see it. Um, And I think they want to give it back. Right. And I can't – I listened to your podcast and I, I think it was, I think it was Tim who was saying, Clint was saying, it's your time to give it to him in the firehouse. It's their time to give it to you on the fire ground. I, I can yes. remember feeling that way as a firefighter with my captain. He dude was a rock star as a captain. Like I loved working for him. He did all the things that we're talking about now. And then, and then when we got to the fire ground, that was our time to do it for him. And we were proud to do it. We were glad to do it. Like we wanted to put him in a position where he was successful. It was like, yes, like, he did this for us. He prepared us, and we just hit a home run for him. And it was just this—we were just sinking. Like we both, we both did it for each other, and it just all it did was just drive up the trust and the cohesion of that firehouse. Sure, yeah, I want to be good for you. I want to be as an officer and a leader. I want to give—I want you to give you a reason to follow me. I want yeah. you to follow me not because of my position. I want you to follow me because I've been—I've had my impression on you. So how you say that? You're giving them a yeah. reason to follow you. You're, right. you're 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 creating followership. Vice versa, they're going to want to do the right thing because they want to do the right thing for you. So it's that that leader follower uh, interpersonal relationship. Yep. Um, you know, and and like I said before, I've said another podcast, and I, and I say this on a daily basis: if you give them a reason to follow you, they're going to follow you everywhere. But if they don't feel like they can trust you, they're going to follow you nowhere and the easy way out of doing things that i've i've never done it i've never really i guess experienced it too much from the flip side is if they don't want to follow you into something that looks a little hairy all they have to do is say this is not safe i'm not doing that that's the easy get out of jail free card ripcord done gone see you later and you're not going to do anything you know what i mean you you can't not that you should be running to put people on charges but i mean what are you going to say to them right you you don't feel safe it's not why isn't it why is it not safe oh well boom 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 nothing will stick. Yeah. I've or, seen it even in the firehouse. I'm not riding with that person. I'm not getting on the truck with that guy. I, I mean, I've seen those things happen. You know? I don't feel safe with them driving. I don't feel right. safe with them as a, a provider because I don't want to get in trouble or get beat up by a family member. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. You know, yep. it, it's, it's those things. It's all those extra things where, you know, we're in a bad spot, but I know I can trust you and I want to make sure you can trust me or, which is what you want, we're in a bad spot, but I don't even look or think about this dude because I know he's freaking solid. And 
I want to make sure I have his back. That's what I'm only worried about. Exactly. Because I know he's thinking the exact same thing about me. Like, you know, I want to make sure, you know, I, I, we're square away. We're good to go. Yep. You know, and when everyone starts thinking that way and they're doing everything, not because of the task at hand, it's because they're doing it for each other. That's where you build that chemistry, the camaraderie and, and um, all that comes from, as we talked about of, uh, you know, the company officer, the, uh, the leadership. And again, leadership up and down the chain of command, uh, informal leaders, this isn't specific to officers, but we are talking about that today and, mm-hmm. you know, how to, how attitudes, uh, drive the reputation of the company and all that is, it all branches out like a tree. It really yeah. does. Um, so you said it best, you know, they, they want to firefighters want to know that you have their back and sure. that, that comes in a variety of ways and it looks, it comes in different forms. But at the end of the day, doesn't they will not always agree with what you say. They're not always going to agree with how you handle a situation. They may not always agree with every decision that you make on the fire ground. That's normal stuff. Just like you don't agree with people, your bosses, your bosses might not agree with you. But at the end of the day, when those decisions are made, even if they don't agree, but they know that you have their back, even if they don't agree, if they know you have your back, they will trust you. And they're going to follow you even with the decisions that they may not necessarily agree with because they know you have their back. You have to create those conditions. Sure. And I, I mean, I don't want to touch on leadership or um, fa- failure again, but I think it's such a critical part. And we'll, we'll end with this because I think this is a good time to spot stop. Mm-hmm. We're hitting that 30 minute mark. All right. Um, Carol Dweck, the author of Mindset, uh, believes that all abilities are trainable and developed through effort and learning from failure. Just like the tree, we can grow our leadership. A tree has branches that reach out and embrace the space it occupies. Your leadership tree has branches and should envelop those that you lead. So that really, I think, kind of ties everything together of what we said, both on the fire ground, off the fire ground, interpersonally, um, in the firehouse, and uh, morale and drive as a whole all kind of comes together with that quote. And you know, as you branch out, you're just like a tree. They're going to get thicker, stronger, mm-hmm. and you're going to have better results. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Awesome, man. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, don't you're go welcome. anywhere. Um, did you, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. Nope. Oh, okay. Yep, you're good. Don't go anywhere. Um, you're on social media. Where, where can uh, everyone find you? Yeah, so you can find me on, on Facebook, obviously, uh, just under my, my name, Jared Sergi. I also have the Trial by Fire page, um, so I'm active on there. Not as active as I used to be, but I'm on there every now and then. And then I'm on Instagram, uh, just TBF, I think it's TBF, uh, underscore Jared Sergi. So I put my personal stuff up there, work stuff, um, but that's that's where I'm reachable. You can, you can hit me up on there, send me a message. You can shoot me an email. It's my first and last name at gmail.com. And, uh, and whatever you need, I'm here for you. Awesome. We'll add the links, uh, in the episode description. Also, um, make sure you guys check out no nonsense leadership, a realistic approach for the company officer. This is a fantastic book. Um, I actually had the pleasure of sitting in on one of, uh, Jared's classes he did for my local department. And I got this book, even got it personally signed, kind of cool. And then I read it and then I read it probably five more times. Um, this is good. Well, Check the book you. out. We're going to figure out, uh, we're going to add a link for the book directly. 
this is an absolute must have. And I'm not just saying this because you're my guest. I, I truly believe that. And, and this is a book thank that you. I push off to a lot of people. So, you know, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, Tip of the Spear Leadership, be present, be yourself, be unstoppable. Have a great day, guys. Thank you.